0: There are a lot of podcasts on the internet that are predictable. Talking about the same things on every show. We do things a little different here. This is the Pyro Factor. The The Pyro Pyro Factor. Factor. From conspiracy theories to sports to news, politics, current events. If it's happening, Michael is talking about it. Real, real, raw, raw, and proudly controversial. Let's do the damn thing. This is the Pyro Factor. And now your host, Michael Grace. Today we're talking about the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. We're going to talk about the pros and the cons. The Second Amendment in the United States Constitution involves a right to keep and bear arms for personal protection. The text I'm about to read is as follows below. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It is a placement of the commas within the text, which has been debated for more than two centuries, where Americans' founding fathers wanted the right to keep and bear arms only with state-backed militias for self-defense. Or were they suggesting that every person in the country has the right to keep a gun for their protection. Again, a well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So again, does that mean everybody? And where do we draw the line? On the right to bear arms. The Supreme Court, well, they sided with the idea of collective rights over militia rights when determining how to apply the Second Amendment. It began with United States versus Miller in 1939. This is how far back it goes, where the justices determined that transporting a shotgun did not constitute the preservation of a well-regulated Militia. The court then held in the Heller case in 2008 on a 5-4 decision that there was an individual right to own firearms. That decision right there continues to stand as a current precedence for legality. These are the essential pros and cons to consider when reviewing the Second Amendment of the United States. Is an AK-47 an AR-15 is that a right to bear arms or should you be only allowed to bear arms that are just enough to kill a person? Do you have to kill them and put 17 holes in them and just blister them to death? Now let's look at a few of those. we got a lot of pros for the Second Amendment. There's a significant decrease in crime levels when individuals have the right to protect themselves with a firearm. doctor named Gary Gleck noted in his research from 1997 that assault and robbery victims who use a gun to resist a crime are less likely to be attacked or suffer an injury when compared to those who use other forms of self-defense. When a victim displays a gun to protect themselves, it's a fact that the criminal retreats over 55% of the time. You pull a handgun out when a guy's trying to steal your wallet and he's going to split. If everyone has the right to protect their homes in this way, then the levels of uncertainty create a deterrent for crime. You never know the house you're going to go into, whether somebody's armed or not. It's that simple. The Second Amendment can reduce other forms of crime Laws that support ownership reduce homicide levels by roughly 9%, aggravated assaults by 7%, and sexual assaults including rape by 5%. They also found that positive gun laws like the Second Amendment can lower the rate of robberies in society by up to 3%. Now, any change in any percent lower than what it was is a good thing. The Second Amendment allows people to feel safe That's how I feel, even if they've never used their right to bear arms. Although it would be a benefit to society for law enforcement to be highly responsive in every possible situation, always there when you need them right away, that's not the case. It's impossible for the government to protect every person or household from potential harm 24-7, 365. I mean, let's think of it this way. Police are a resource to use in emergency situations, but they're not a guarantee of help. Depends on what they're doing, how strapped their police department is, how many officers they have on duty at any given time, how far away they are, how big your community is you live in. That means it's the responsibility of the adult in each household to defend themselves and their loved ones from a possible attack. I mean, let's look at it this way. Home invasions are not always violent, but they do have the potential to create harm, right? Somebody's coming into your house. They're there for a reason. They say 11% of burglars will remove a door or window during their attempt while the owners are still at home. Over 1 million home invasions occur each year in the United States. Most happen between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., if you can believe that. If you're at home at this time, then you can protect yourself thanks to the Second Amendment. God love it. The right to bear arms. I bear plenty of arms, I've said in episodes before, that I carry everywhere I go. I think the Second Amendment allows for legal fairness in a dangerous situation. It's not really a proper argument to say that all criminals carry guns, because they don't. Some will, but... A lot of them don't. When you look at this issue, though, from a social perspective, no one knows if a criminal decided to bring a deadly weapon with them when they made the decision to commit a crime and bust your fucking window and come into your house while your children were sleeping. Second Amendment makes it possible for the average person to legally protect themselves from the possibility of an armed attack. You shoot the fucking guy. No questions asked. As for my previous episodes, a problem if the guy lives, he goes to court, he might get like 20 years, 15 maybe, because he didn't kill anybody, but he broke into your house. You shot him, he went to the hospital, but he really didn't kill anybody, so he just burglarized your house and home invaded. He gets 15 years, he's back on the street and does the same goddamn fucking thing. It's like my earlier episodes when I talked about the justice system. I think the Second Amendment actually discourages crime in other ways as well. You know that the Texas Concealed Handgun Association researched the levels of crime committed in a demographic area of a legally concealed carry weapon permit holder area compared to the general population. They found that someone approved to carry a handgun in public while concealed is about six times less likely to commit a crime than the rest of the population when nonviolent offenses were considered because of the stringent background investigation that occurs in most states for concealed carry permits. Most adults in this situation tend to be law-abiding. I want the guy who's carrying the gun in the Walmart when I'm with my wife and I'm buying steak, baked potato, corn, water, and beer, and I don't want to die. I want somebody there who can help me, who can pull out a handgun and put a bullet in a motherfucker, no questions asked, and be able to say that that's my Second Amendment right. If you look back at our founding fathers and you look at this Second Amendment when they wrote it, it seems that their desire was to keep it in its current implementation. The Second Amendment, that is currently applied to individual ownership, seems to be the implied intent of the Founding Fathers that when you look at the various document drafts that these men created, or the speeches they offered, then there is a clear preference for the right to own a firearm. It's not that difficult if you go back and look at what our Founding Fathers wrote. George Washington once said that a people who are free out not only to be armed, but also disciplined, important there, armed, but disciplined, not nearly really running around with the fucking AR-15 or an AK because you're selling drugs. That was not what the founders intended for the right to bear arms. Thomas Jefferson wrote that free men should never be debarred from the use of arms. Benjamin Franklin suggested that the people who were willing to give up liberty for sanctioned security deserved neither. George Mason said that disarming people was the most effectual way to enslave them, taking away their ability to protect themselves and their family, their property, The Second Amendment does allow for responsible ownership. you got to look at it that way. The Second Amendment doesn't say again that people can just run around blatantly owning firearms that they don't and shouldn't own. Felons with violent backgrounds, criminals with violent backgrounds should not own firearms. If there's a failure about responsible gun ownership in the United States, then the fault doesn't lie with the Second Amendment. It is an issue that we must address as a culture. There's nothing in the way to stop people from owning specific types of weapons. You can't do it. You can't put a ban on them. They're out there. They're everywhere. You can buy them in the street. Licensing requirements can become part of this legal structure. We try some states, other states. They don't give a shit. Open carry. There are ways to allow anyone to own a gun for legal purposes without getting permission from the government while still asking people to know how to use it responsibly. I don't want the government telling me that I can't own a gun. That is my Second Amendment right. It's essential, though, that remember that a gun is a tool. We're the ones who are responsible for wielding it in ways that are only beneficial, not harmful. That structure gives us the freedom to own firearms for sporting purposes, self-defense, and hunting, without relying on a bureaucracy, without relying on the government to tell us what we can and can't own. But we have to be responsible, and if we're not responsible, then the government steps in and they take that right away from us. We are our own worst enemy when it comes to gun control. The Second Amendment is a symbol of freedom. I mean, from an internal perspective for many Americans, the Second Amendment is a symbol of their freedom to own a gun, have buddies that own tons of guns. And they do it because they can. Even if they don't want to own a firearm sometimes, having the ability to purchase one, if they change your mind, is an important part of society. It's a reflection of the individual liberties which are present in the culture, how we live, how we were raised. When you have permission to own a gun, then it becomes an effective check and balance on the rest of society. That's why there's a lot of resistance to gun control measures when they come up. A lot of people are adamantly against guns, don't want anything to do with them. The Second Amendment also secures the right of a well-regulated militia. That's what the Second Amendment states. Let's not forget about this advantage when discussing the pros and cons of the Second Amendment. We're going to get into the cons in a minute. The right to have a well-regulated militia that contributes to the overall defense of a community... Helps keep people safe as well. That's what the Second Amendment states. Although, since then, we've moved on to a voluntary military and use of police officers to keep the peace. That's what we have. You join the military, you volunteer. We don't have drafts anymore. You want to be a cop, you volunteer. This structure kind of makes it possible for people to get together and defend their homes should the need to do so ever rise, because you can't rely on these people to be there every single minute of the day to protect you. I think realistically that the Second Amendment can encourage people to make a better life for themselves. If you want to own a firearm under the current structure of the United States, then there are some background issues that you must pass before this is allowed. There are categories of prohibited people who can't purchase or possess a gun. Despite the language of the Second Amendment, Background checks have prevented over 3 million transactions that were potentially dangerous since their inception. So there's something to be said about background checks. You don't want some fucking psycho who just threatened to tell you he's going to go get a gun and kill you, to go buy a gun and come kill you if he's got a bad background or he's a felon. Anyways, those are pretty much a lot of the pros, I think, for the Second Amendment. But to keep it fair, we'll talk about some of the cons. Some of the cons of the Second Amendment is that the Second Amendment cannot stop stupidity with a firearm. They say one of the primary issues that the Second Amendment cannot address is stupidity. If someone decides to handle their firearm irresponsibly, then local laws must provide a deterrent from this behavior. The Constitution, under its current interpretation, allows for ownership but does not create requirements for individual responsibility. So you can own a gun, but they don't really check to see if you're psychotic unless you have a background on it. You might become psychotic, and then they can't do anything about it. I mean, without proper training, someone can unintentionally hard themselves or someone else, without much effort, just fucking around with a gun. It happens all the time. Now, the statistics of the risk of having a gun at home are apparent. Roughly 95% of gun related suicides would not occur under the same circumstances if there was not a firearm in the house. The fatality rate is seven times higher in states where gun ownership is high when compared to the places that have the lowest levels of household firearm ownership the states which have the highest levels of firearm ownership are 114% higher with their gun-related homicide rates and have 60% higher homicide rates than the states with the lowest level of gun ownership. Every time someone uses a gun in a positive way for self-defense, another firearm is used 11 times for attempted or completed suicide attempts. Seven times in criminal assaults and four times for an unintentional injury. So some would say that those statistics aren't really good for the legalization to carry a firearm. The Second Amendment is only one method of deterrent for criminal behavior. That's what they say. There are multiple ways to deter crime without needing the use of a gun. I disagree. I think if a guy knows you have a shotgun in your house, he's not going to fucking rob you. If you tell him ahead of time, I'm going to shoot your ass. People can arm themselves in ways that include knives or other conceivable weapons that are not illegal, don't require any special training to handle them. Even self-defense classes can help people learn to defend themselves, they say, against attackers that may have a gun. Yeah, unless you're a fucking Mr. Miyagi karate expert. When these other deterrents are utilized by the general population, they may not cause attackers to back down as often. They won't. If you throw up a judo chop, you think a guy with a gun's going to be intimidated? They say the Second Amendment may create a societal arms race. One of the reasons why criminals might pursue gun ownership in the first place is, in fact, that people can legally own them. When people purchase a firearm to protect themselves, then criminals may be encouraged to arm themselves as well. If your desire is to confront a law-abiding citizen who could be armed with a deadly weapon, then you need to have one of your own, right? That's the common thought. So this process creates an arms race where no one but the gun manufacturers come out as a winner. Bigger guns, more powerful. Now, I don't agree with this. I'm just giving you both sides pros and cons. They say the Second Amendment can cause police resources to be wasted. People can become nervous when someone displays a firearm in public, even if that individual has a legal right to do so. If you have a CCW on you and you go to grab your wallet and your shirt comes up a little bit and somebody sees a handgun, they fucking freak out. They run away. They pick up their cell phone. They call the police. The police get a man with a gun call. They show up fucking 50 heads deep. It's a debacle all to find out that you legally were allowed to own it and carry it and have it with you. When that same person would want you to have it on you, concealed, if they were ever in a situation where they needed help. You know, there are several high-profile cases that have ripped through the headlines since 2020, where an initial car turned into a police-involved shooting incident when a real gun wasn't involved in the incident for the person in question. Shot without a real gun. Somebody said he had a real gun. The Second Amendment does nothing about the other guy. Some sociologist named David Yamane from Wake Forest University, he said there are times when a gun can be a problem for people, even though he supports firearm ownership. If you do something stupid because you have a gun that you wouldn't otherwise have done if you didn't have a gun, then indirectly your gun becomes a problem for you. That is the one reason, according to Yemaine, that the people who carry guns are about 4.5 times more likely to be shot as part of an assault compared to someone without a firearm. I completely disagree. The Second Amendment protects your rights to own a firearm. It doesn't do anything about what the other person in the situation might decide to do with their gun. Just need to draw faster, right? Get your gun out quicker. Have your head on a swivel. Pay attention. They say that the Second Amendment was applied differently in the country's early days. Although back in the day there was a clear preference for gun ownership during the first days of the United States, It's critical, though, to remember that there were specific prohibitions to follow with this opportunity. When the second Amendment was adopted, there was no overall right of armed travel throughout the country. You had a duty to retreat when confronted instead of standing your ground. Isn't that odd that we're talking about standing your ground because now we have laws, like in Florida, called stand your ground laws, where a person doesn't even have to be armed for you to shoot and kill them. If you feel threatened or intimidated that your life is in danger and you cannot retreat, you're allowed to shoot them, armed or not. Loaded firearms weren't allowed in city dwellings. If you refuse to swear a loyalty oath, then your right to own a weapon went away. Now, those aren't bad things. I think those are all good things. A lot of dwellings to this day that you can't go into with your firearm. You want to go into a bank? You better put it in your car or your trunk or a bar. A lot of people on the cons of the Second Amendment say it doesn't address the core issue of misuse unless you are a felon or live in a state where there are legal orders that can rescind your permission to own firearms. Just about anybody who wants to own a gun can purchase it. Most regions don't have any kind of training that must be completed. You have to take a stupid little firearm safety course. It takes you about 20 minutes behind the counter of a gun store. As long as the individual can pass a background check when they initiate this process, then they can have it in their possession in 10 days. Even if they don't have a fucking clue about how to use it, maintain it, shoot it, anything. Somebody wants to buy a firearm, you don't have a felon, or a felony, 10-day background check, boom, you got a gun. They say the Second Amendment does not guarantee affordability. When you read the language of the Second Amendment in detail, then you can see both sides of the argument of ownership. It could apply only to militias, technically, or it could also apply to individuals. It's very vague. The Founding Fathers didn't think our country would be where it is When they wrote this, what is not mentioned within the language is affordability. One of the easiest ways for gun control activists to limit ownership would be to add taxes or tariffs to a firearm sale. That would make them more expensive. Back in the day, in order to own a firearm, you had to have a lot of money. Not everybody owned one. Now, everybody owns a handgun, pretty much. Even felons. People would still have the right to own a gun, but it might cost them 2000 instead of 200 Charge somebody $2,000 for a pistol. As opposed to 200 they might think twice about buying it. The only right you are guaranteed is a chance to finish a transaction when you can afford it. The Second Amendment doesn't exclude behaviors that create high risks of harm as part of the background check, although the Second Amendment does receive some protection through background checks. There are high-risk groups that can still purchase a firearm despite the potential issue for abuse. Anyone convicted of a violent or gun-related misdemeanor will still pass a background check. Those convicted of a juvenile offense still qualify. Anyone with a history of drug or alcohol use can purchase a gun. Even individuals with a severe mental illness can get one. There are currently 13 states where even incarcerated gun offenders can purchase a gun to commit a crime because of these leniencies. These are loopholes, NRA loopholes. The pros and cons of the Second Amendment show us that it is initially find ways to encourage individual protection. We're trying to do our best. We must not allow criminals to have the upper hand in our society. That's just, it can't happen. At the same time, it's our responsibility to balance out the effectiveness of this tool with other methods of self-defense that are available to us. Not A gun is not always the best method. Early awareness Preparation, not putting yourself in a bad situation, not living a lifestyle that might attract dubious types of people. We have to encourage responsible gun ownership, train people for safe use, teach safety concepts from an early age. It's important. If you have young children, you have to teach them early on. If you have guns how to use them, how to protect themselves. I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment, and I think everybody on this planet has a right to bear arms. Only if you're responsible about it, though. And we need to do more with gun control because of all the school shootings we have and the access that these youngsters have to guns, and a lot of them are the parents' fault. Anyways, that's our topic I'm sorry it took so long to get one out. I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Have a great day.